Tom Wilmer reporting from Blacksburg, Virginia. Rock and roll. Hi. Where are we? We're at Rising Tyler Brewery. I am Greg Zilski. You're the owner? Yeah, so I'm the owner-operator with my wife Jess of the brewery, Rising Tyler Brewery and the Farm and Forge Kitchen. We're located at 2351 Glade Road in Blacksburg, Virginia. And how did it happen? Same, same did... property. There's a farm operation, Glade Road Growing. So that is JP and Tally. They run Glade Road Growing. There's two operations out here on the property. Talk to us about your vision starting this operation, when and why. Okay, so probably like 2012-ish. I'm not the best at dates, but around mm-hmm. that time, I had been working with property owner, Pat Bixler, and um, I was actually in manufacturing and installing this stuff called Builder's Greet. We were making like a building block for houses. So mm-hmm. like if you look at the side of the pizza oven right there, that's some of our block, the beige stuff down low. And then the pavers on the patio, me and another guy made all of those. So if you trip walking out of here, it's my fault. <laughs> but yes, I was doing that out of college and met Pat Pixler, who, like I said, is the property owner out here. And he said, I need a patio at the farm. He was like, I think you'll like it out there. You know, I think you'll you'll meet some of the people. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have square dances, whatever. Through him, I met the property and the people who were starting to do stuff out here. So it was not really like a publicly accessible place yet at the time. It was very sort of raw, a lot of energy, a lot of young people, you know, different dreams and ideas, kind of, I don't know, enjoying the place. Mm -hmm. So um, JP and Sally had been operating for a bit, starting to work the land. They were a market farm at the time. So going to the Blacksburg Farmer's Market, now they have this beautiful farm stand here and they don't go to the farmer's market anymore. So people come to them. Yeah, people come to them and they just, they grow the and raise the best food that you can get in the area. So, you know, I met these folks and met this beautiful place and uh, Sally, like she's doing right now, and friends were, you know, they'd make these big, beautiful lunches every day. I was just like, man, I need to like plug in. I need to be out here somehow. I don't know how. (laughs) I realized a lot of the guys working on stuff, fixing things, fabbing things. We'd usually have some beers while we were messing with stuff later in the day or once we were about finished, but still trying to like get the last bit done, whatever. So I'd always been a home brewer, some really diligent, productive procrastination through college. It included mechanical work, art, writing, home brewing, biking, all the things mm-hmm. that you're really supposed to do when you live here. Right. I started bringing homebrew out here and eventually you know, yeah, if you came out here a decade ago or whatever, there would just be a tap sticking out of the wall right there. Uh-huh. And you could just, if you knew about it, you know, you could pour yourself a pint. Oh, cool. So. People liked your brew because you wound up going to school. The schooling was interesting because I don't know what the interaction with the internet is like now for young people. Like, I went to UC Davis, like I told you earlier, for intensive brewing science course, and it's kind of a crash course. It was awesome. I met, like, great people was taught from the best big objective for me was confirming things because you know like it's scary there weren't any breweries in this area at the time i was just kind of doing it the one thing i did was i was like all right i'm gonna make the same four beers over and over and over and over again be out there in the snow on the floor brewing or whatever and just see what happens i got really good at reading and gleaning through forums online especially like mechanical stuff is another example like there's a lot of junk on forums but there's some real gems and there's some real good stuff. Very self-taught. And then, you know, um, Michael J. Lewis, Charlie Bamforth, those were two of the major... Well, if you think about it, the process of making beer 
objectively is fairly simple. Right. Limited amount of ingredients, limited variables. And looking from the outside, yeast is one of the few variables that you have. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeast is a big one. So the primary ingredient is water. Really cool about being here on this farm property is there's a well. So we get to brew with well water. So that's really cool. It caters to certain beers to where I don't even have to touch the water. For our stout, it's like perfect for like an Irish style dry. Mm-hmm. I did kind of an American twist on our Thunder Snow stout. I don't have to do any water treatments or changes. So it's made for it. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, people will try to make styles from different regions of the world Mm -hmm. and i think it's great it's a noble thing to try to achieve but you always have to remember they were just making what worked Mm -hmm. where they were you know so like if you're struggling to make a beer style from another part of the world don't worry about it figure out what is good where you are yeah what you have but yeah some ingredients are just coming from all over the world so i made a big decision to go all organic for the malted barley primarily i would love to have local and organic but it doesn't exist yet. So where do you source from? A lot of it is coming from Germany. Some of it is coming from the Midwest. Some of it's coming from Canada, wherever I can get it. You know, since we're small, we can use a variety of barley. A lot of giant beer factories will just have one base malt and a little bit of specialty malts and maybe one or two yeasts. But we get to, you know, be a little more reckless with our (laughs) ingredient ordering and and then there's hybridization being out here. You know, there's herbs in the garden right there. JP and Sally, JP will have like a bunch of carrots. And if you look up on the menu, there's the ginger hair carrot saison. So that features like 40 pounds of roasted carrots wow. from, from right over there. Another one's that beet drop saison. They have extra beets. And then Elias on the farm crew, he picked a bunch of pawpaws this year from his pawpaw spot. So mountain mangoes. So they're featured on there. That's more of a forage thing. So are you constantly experimenting and tinkering? And yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, at a glance, it looks like that. We're years in now, though. We have, like, core beers, core traditionals, primary colors, you know, more traditional style. Folks who haven't experienced craft beer yet would be familiar familiar with. Yeah. You know, a good gateway beer would be, like, the Blondale or something like that. Mm-hmm. Even that Appalachia up there, that's, like, a cider beer hybrid that we do. And then we have seasonals, like core seasonals. JP's always going to have a ton of squash at a certain time of year, a lot of beets, a lot of carrots. So early first four years especially, that's when it was extra experimental and, you know, kind of like, oh, man, like, yeah, what can we do with, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of keep the bulk excess produce from going to the use it for fun, you know. It depends on what's. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of, that's a conversation, and that's fun. So your beer is literally one of the four food groups, then. <laughs> right? Yeah. Kitchen side, similar. It's like a hybridization. We're not true farm-to-glass. We're not true farm-to-table. Mm-hmm. That's a dream, and I think it's a good one, but we also want it to be very practical, achievable, year-round, accessible for people, tasting good. Do you have to come here? to taste your beer yeah it's just beer for now we do have like barley wine up yeah there. i noticed um that. wine on the vine mm-hmm. is going to be that's another hybrid product so we're using like 50 percent grape juice and i'm working my way in i, I really want to make hard cider but we have to get a winery license mm. to do that but yeah it's primarily here you need so to you're here. not distributed in town no we do some canning and mm-hmm. we do crowler can fills and we will fill jugs for people uh we're partnered with Kiko over at gaucho brazilian grill 
we made a yerba mate beer with him you know that's primarily like the amount of distribution we're doing we'll do some beer festivals and Mm -hmm. stuff so your day you're pretty much in beer world right yes at this point you know Alyssa honor she's our brewer i'll fill in i've done a handful of brew days this year and i love it i mean i get back into right into the zone it's so methodical and like meditational i'm kind of a big maintenance guy at this per- point in operations and still could be anything could be oh yeah running a wrench out back oh yeah you know we have a wood shop out here <laughs> there's an auto shop with a lift over there i'll show you around yeah. i cut all the firewood for that pizza oven that's a hungry oven we go through like a cord every two weeks wow but the biggest thing i like to emphasize with this place is there's a big cultural movement with these breweries and providing a place where especially young families you know it used to be more escapism with bars yeah right? you go yeah. to a dark smoky place yeah. or one person does and the other one's home with the kids or whatever mm-hmm. And that mulch pile over there is like the greatest playground. And so many people have said like, hey, we raised our kids on the mulch pile over there. (laughs) So just having that big element of like just the lifestyle, you know, like mom and dad can grab a beer or not and some Mm -hmm. food on an evening, listen to some live music, be outside and the kids can run around and it's a very holistic, good feeling situation. So it follows that weekends would be your busiest time. Kids are out of school, right? Yeah, weekends, some evenings. Wednesdays, uh, there's a blues night on Wednesdays. So you do live busy. music. Lots of live music. Mm-hmm. A lot of local musicians. There's so many local musicians in this town. It's wonderful. Irish jams will happen. And then other events, you know, if people want to throw an event. Last night was a big one. PCTC Trail Coalition through a fundraiser out here. How do you put the word out, typically? We haven't been the best at, like, marketing, honestly. Mm -hmm. Awesome at social media, I will say. My wife's doing that now, and she's really great at that. But we don't do a lot of, like, advertising. Mm -hmm. And especially in the beginning, we didn't. Part of what I love about the place is people discover it. So So people come out. Word of mouth, Yeah, word of mouth, and they discover it for themselves. And Mm -hmm. you'll hear people describe this place to folks, or I will. And it's their own spin on what's going on out here. And half the time, you're tempted to be like, oh, they don't know what they're talking (laughs) about. But it's like, you know, that's what it is to them. Right. And that's what they experience, and that's what they're enjoying and why they're here. And in some cases, it's what they're adding to it. Themselves. Mm -hmm. So it really is a farmstead destination, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole experience just rolling in. And the coolest part is is we're close to a town. So, you know, it's only a mile outside of Blacksburg. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're miles away. Yeah. You know, in the in the cut. Yeah, I mean, once you're here it's like you can grab produce from JP and Sally and take it home and cook. You can grab a beer before you do that. You can grab a beer and a meal before you do that. You can take a walk through the farm if you want, hang out for music, sign up for an event. Uh, recently, past couple of years, JP and Sally started doing a lot of events for kids, kids camps and things. And they come Very out cool. and just, you know, be a farm kid for a day. Mm-hmm. So Glade Road Growing is doing an awesome job of like allowing people to plug in. I think that's the coolest thing for me is like from, you know, the first time I came out here and that was just like, man, I want to like be a part of this place this property this you know it's a barn i don't know whatever it is right yeah. it's a whole feeling and thing and now uh, it's also an endless project to learn more about your world you have a website people go to <clears throat> oh yeah yeah rising is our website gladeroadgrowing.com is uh jp and tally's website for the farm the property owner i don't know if he has a website but we're super grateful for him yeah that would be a good initial step to find in us greg zilski 
Greg, thank you so much for sharing. This has been fascinating. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Found your home, huh? Oh, absolutely, yes. Very cool. Tom Wilmer reporting from Blacksburg, Virginia. We'll see you here. You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on NPR.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on NPR.org, iTunes, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. I listen to WNYC in New York, and in fact, NPR is all I listen to. If I didn't have NPR, I would feel like my lifeline to the world has been cut. So yes, please support your local NPR station. World Bicycle Relief partners with communities to deliver specially designed, locally assembled, rugged bicycles for people in need. Nearly one billion people in rural regions of the world live in communities far from the nearest paved road, walking miles every day just to survive. Distance is a barrier to attending school, receiving health care, delivering goods to market, and other critical services needed to thrive. Find out how you can help deliver rugged, dependable, life-changing bicycles to deserving communities. Log on to worldbicyclerelief.org to learn more.